Today on the Road to Wembley podcast, things get literary. As Alex reads a poem, Jack exposes himself as a literary theme. And the boys don't do anything by the book. Hey Jack. Hi Alex. How are you doing? Well, I feel better. You can probably see by the state of me. Although the listeners can't, that I'm, I'm not particularly well. No, you're wearing a, a coat and, and a hat in the studio. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm trying to keep myself warm so I don't sniffle for the benefit of the listeners. Yeah, I, I, when I go back to edit them, I realise that I'm sniffling and snuffling constantly. It really cringes me out. Well, I'm sure I'll be super cringed out by this episode because I can feel my uh, throat tickling already. Yeah, we should get... We said... My voice just broke. <laughs> we should get... Uh, we said before, a guest or someone quite competent at kind of... At podcasting. At podcasting, because I think we're kind of quite raw talents. I think someone who doesn't say um, doesn't sneeze, doesn't sniffle, could be could really help the the pod. I know it's already got loads of fans. Who would you recommend? Any any dream podcaster come to mind in your? Um, someone with like a velvety voice. Yeah, I, I think a downside of me sniffling and snuffling and uh, croaking my way through this podcast is that maybe it does kind of smooth my voice. Oh a yeah, 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 yeah. To a, That's a good point. Um, yeah, 100%. Yeah. So there's pros and cons for you, listener. Um, you may have to put up... Podcast some... is sexier, but cringier. Yeah. Uh, and speaking of sexy, <laughs> let me do my news segment. I'd like to apologise to the listeners now. There's nothing sexy about my news. I just needed a good segue into news, and that was the best I could come up with. Fair enough. Um, but the news segment, so two, uh, it's not two boys on cut news. That's our old name. It's Road to Wembley News. And we're going to give you three stories, one of which is true, and the other two are fake. And yep. you're going to guess, Alex, which one they are. It's my turn Hit this, me this week. Uh, oh, there's headlines as well, right? And this one's called Pharaoh No-Show. Okay. Pharaoh No-Show. Um, the 1930 World Cup, we've talked about the 1930 World Cup before, it seems like quite a newsworthy event, like most World Cups. This one's a particularly weird World Cup. Yeah, the first World Cup. This is the very first one, I didn't mm-hmm. even see it, I didn't even bother to read that part. All right. Well, uh, I don't know if you know this, the, the bulk of the European teams all travelled together. You do know this? I didn't know this. On, a, on one boat. Right. Yeah. Called, uh, called the Conte Verde. Um, and uh, yeah, all the kind of European teams, so uh, Belgium, Romania, um, Bulgaria and France uh, were on the boat along with, along with Jules Ramey the, yeah, the, the trophy the, the, the bloke the bloke and the trophy both of them <laughs> the bloke holding the trophy um, I imagine so at some point as well as several match officials and journalists and it sounded like an amazing affair all these amazing footballers and people on this boat um, sounds pretty cool right very cool that's a boat I'd like to be on well that's exactly what the Yugoslavians said uh, so they were like oh that boat sounds wicked can we be on the boat and they were like uh, no you can't be on the boat because we promised the Brazilians we're going to pick them up on the way to Uruguay. Right. So the Yugoslavians were like, what the fuck? That's not really cool. Cool, yeah. And they were like, fuck you, we'll do our own boat. Okay. Who wants to join our boat? Okay. Right? And the only people left who hadn't got transport was the Egyptians. Yeah, all right. So they were like, cool, we'll go with the Yugoslavians. That sounds fun. Yeah, kind of on route. Well, <laughs> on the way to... They, they arrived at Egypt, the Yugoslavians, in their boat. And guess what? They weren't there. Egyptians were late. Oh, no. So they waited for uh, 24 hours, and then they just left. So that World Cup only had 13 teams. It was meant to have 14. It had an odd number of teams, because um, the Egyptians didn't make it. That's amazing. What yeah. is it with Egyptians and boats? They got that boat stuck in the canal, didn't they? they oh, yeah, in the Suez Canal. Yeah, yeah, that was great. Maybe um, that wasn't the Egyptians. Maybe that was just in Egypt. I think that's just, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it was their fault. <laughs> but, um, 
Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Right? I like the idea of all the teams traveling together. That's quite nice, all the European teams. It feels like that, that must be quite a cool boat to be on. Yeah, I, I would feel a bit miffed if I was uh, Yugoslavia and, and the European teams had decided to save a space for the Brazilians. That's for me. a dick move. But I, yeah, I don't really understand why they've done that. Um, kind of bullying, isn't it? But, you know, Yugoslavians aren't around anymore. I guess what, they were bullied out of existence to a certain extent. <laughs> well, that's that's a pretty cutting... Cutting remark. Yeah, you know, it's kind of true, really. Yeah, if you're Yugoslavian, please write in. Uh, so that's called Pharaoh No Show. Yeah. Okay. And this one is called, uh, it's the second story is called Keeping Up with the Carols. Okay. Have you ever heard of uh, IT, uh, the ITV producer, <laughs> yes, I ITV producer John Marlowe? Uh, I haven't. Looked up. No, well, he wrote a book a couple of years ago and it's just gone viral now a little bit. And basically the book is, uh, it's, uh, it's his kind of autobiography and his time at ITV. And the part that's gone viral is the appendix at the end, which is where he lists off Lots of terrible pilots he heard whilst at ITV, and there are a lot of them. Oh, okay, yeah. So the one that's not on, people, not the pilot. No, 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 no not terrible. At all. <laughs> <laughs> Just yeah, pilot TV shows. Yeah. Um, one of them, the one he meant, the one that's kind of viral is apparently they wanted to do like you know Frankie Boyle. Yeah. He would go into like hospices and stuff and roast people who want end of life care. Right. Okay. So that that was one of the ideas that he vetoed and said that's a bad idea. That's a bad idea. Do you think that's a bad idea? Uh, I don't ask you. I think so. Better. Yeah. I'm not sure. I think Frankie Boyle would go would cross a line. Yeah, not for the first time. Yeah, and I just don't think that's. But anyway, that so that was vetoed. But that, but I'm not interested in that story, Alex. I'm interested in another story. Mm-hmm. He said that Andy Carroll, yeah, Liverpool legend, yeah, uh, Newcastle legend, legend in every club really, um, and, his, and his agent once pitched a reality series following him and his family called called Keeping Up with the Carrolls. Okay, They're like okay. keeping like collections kind of thing. Um, basically, the first series will also feature a bonus episode if it was successful called A Christmas Carol which should be the Christmas episode yeah, okay? um, a small production team from Newcastle called Starlight Productions actually created a pilot already so they came with a pilot episode yeah. which featured Andy and his wife Billy now Billy was on The Only Way is Essex yeah, right? so yeah. she's got reality TV prize she knows what she's doing and the episode the first episode would be around Andy and Billy christening their new baby child um, apparently in Andy's house both his grandmother both his mother and Billy's grandmother and Billy's mother lived in the house so there would be a kind of subplot about the two grandmothers <laughs> having a knitting competition. Right. So they're both knitting. Is it uh, fictional? Or <laughs> this is a reality TV program. And then they were knitting. They were knitting uh, like knitted goods for the baby, and they were having a knitting competition. Okay. And the the episode would climax with um, Billy's friend Mabel being very rude to Andy over dinner when she was drunk, and that was the kind of end of the episode. It was kind of a slice of life of the carols. And that didn't make it to film? Uh, well, no. The, uh, John Marlowe um, said afterwards that it was awful, but not in a funny way. Uh, it was incredibly boring and contrived. Uh, <laughs> he also suspected the show's inception was purely reverse-engineered from the pun A Christmas Carol and Keeping Up the Carols. Yeah, I mean, I've had a lot of ideas like that over the years, yeah. and uh, that's usually the basis for my ideas. Um, to this day, there's no footage of the, pu- the footage of the show has been released to the public, um, but Andy Carroll did admit that it wasn't the worst. Well, I personally would love to see. I'd probably pay good, good money to see that pilot episode. Yeah, it does sound kind of good. I think it does. I understand the contrivances of the knitting competition. That's very two thousands round TV show. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, we, we've been friends for a long time, Jack, and we kind of carry elements of football stories with us, kind of mm-hmm. as, as funny uh, bits to refer back to. And I definitely think that could go into our kind of library of hilarious football content. That yeah. sounds very funny. Yeah, I wish I was. Yeah, I wish I wish I could see that. So that that's called keeping up the carols. And then the final one is. Persona non grata. Okay. Okay. Now, Hull City's mascot, guess what Hull City's mascot is? Is it a tiger? It is a tiger, of course. A tiger called Rory. And it was played by a local lad from Hull called Freddie. Yeah. 
Uh, he was very popular with fans and players and was a bit of a cult hero uh, uh, in the club, but also just around Hull in general. Um, but in 2020, he was sacked okay. without explanation and no one knew why he was sacked. Now, after fan outcry, Freddie did write a statement on Facebook and he said that he'd been fired due to being a furry. Now, do you know what a furry is? No. You actually don't know what a furry is? No. Really? No, tell me. Oh, okay. Well, a furry, really? Yeah, go on. <laughs> so a furry is like someone who dresses up like an animal. Okay. And like they pretend they're like an animal, and they just you know, you know like big mas- like like an, like a mascot. Yeah, but it's usually a bit of an unsavory element to it. Like right, maybe gotcha. they're kind yeah, of following. I'm following. Okay, you really never heard of that before. No, no, not at all. Okay, I'm pretty vanilla. Well, that's what they are, and it's like a weird. They're not always a sex thing. Yeah. Um, whatever. But like you know, they they think they're like animals or whatever. Um, and like anthropomorphized animals. Um, anyway, so he he admitted that he was sacked because he was a furry, but he maintains that he never sexualised Rory, his mascot character. Good, yeah. Um, he never wore it or showed the costume on any not safe for work message boards or subreddits. Good, good, good. Um, he also said that Rory was not even his fursona, his fursona being his true self, his yeah. like, persona, fursona. Um, he said that his actual fursona was in fact a snow fox called Gemini. Wow. <laughs> Do you have anything to say to that? <laughs> Nothing <laughs> but wow. Being, yeah. It's bringing um, back some quite harrowing memories. In my previous job, I had to regularly dress up as a mascot oh, right, for so a polar were, bear. You were a furry. I well, you've not heard of furries, then. No, yeah, because I've got mascot experience. Uh, no, I haven't. No, I, I guess I, I'm familiar with the concept. I'm just not familiar with the word furry. Furry. Well, be careful googling furry guys, because like I said, there's lots of, lot of unsavory stuff, and it's a bit of a weird subculture. But we're not here to judge. Um, anyway, so most people laughed off the situation, but the furry community did rally behind Freddie. And a petition was signed with uh, 1,869 signatures got signed, um, although it went nowhere. And sadly, was sadly Freddie was not reinstated. Ah, oh, so, we've got we've had a lot of stories about uh, mascots over the years. I don't know if you remember some of the others. We spoke about Hangus, the monkey in Hartlepool. Yeah, and the one about the a mascot funeral. Do you remember yeah, that? That yeah, was that true. one as well. And we also had uh, we talked about Gunnosaurus, I believe, when he got sacked. Or yeah, got why, sacked. Did he, why did he get sacked? Was he a furry? I think it was COVID cuts. They didn't have the budget. That's what they said. It's ironic, isn't it? He's actually a furry. Yeah. Uh, okay, cool. Those are your stories, right? So it's Pharaoh No Show about the Egyptians being left behind by the Yugoslavians and all that gaff. Yeah. Uh, Keeping Up the Carols, which was the failed pilot episode of Andy Carroll's reality TV show. And Fasona Non Grata, where a young man was fired from his job for being a furry, even though he wasn't even sexualizing Rory. Well, first of all, two of those stories are fake. So I want to thank you for inventing them. Yes. Or at least being inspired by them elsewhere. <laughs> One of those stories is true, and I'm struggling to. Work out which one in fact talk, talk is true. Through, could the 1930 World Cup? That's a pretty the weird. 1930 World Cup. It's a weird World Cup. Weird stuff happened at World Cup. Yeah, we've regularly referenced those World Cups, and they generally uh, the kind of more trivial stories of the three uh, that we present. Mm. I think I presented a pretty boring one about kind of history of the World Cup. Whenever I read about the 1930 World Cup, I feel like everyone's a fucking idiot. Yeah, you know what I mean, a lot of dumb decisions being made, and just stupid people making stupid decisions. Yeah, you, you tell them. And that's still happening today, but in a, just just a different, <coughs> a different way, you know. I personally think this uh, TV producer made a pretty dumb decision in not producing this TV show. So that, that is not true. So he would 100% have commissioned it if it was real life. Absolutely. <laughs> okay, right. Uh, and the, the third one, um, about the furries, that's a subject culture I, I don't want to get involved in. So I'm going to say that the second story is the true one. The Andy Carroll. Yeah. Andy is that Carroll. true? I'm afraid that's false. Right? Oh. Actually, the World Cup story is true. Oh, wow. It really was a boat trip. Uh, the Egyptians were left behind. The Yugoslavians did go on a separate boat. All this shit. There's some really good photos actually of like all the teams playing on the deck, so, like playing together. They weren't uh, they weren't segregated. They were all hanging out together. Um, the, the ITV thing I made up 
and the furry thing I made up. Which, if you were a furry, I know you just found out what furries were. Yeah. But if you were a furry, what would your first sign up be? Uh, well, I'm quite into ornithology at the moment, aren't I, Jack? Yeah. I know so it's I all too well, I know. <laughs> maybe, well, I was going to say a thrush, but that's got other connotations, doesn't it? Yes. Um, so maybe I'll be a magpie. Okay, cool. What about you? I think, well, when I wrote this, I wrote the Gemini, Gemini the Snow Fox. And I didn't realise at the time, but I think I was actually writing my own persona. Oh my god! I think I, I like I like foxes. I think I like I like London. I don't like yeah. Tories. Yeah, so it's very me. And you know, but I'm also a bit different, so maybe I'll be a snow fox. Yeah, you stick your head in bins and yeah, yeah, yeah. annoy people and. <laughs> well, yeah, I just annoy idiots. Foxes aren't that bad, folks. Anyway, you lost that right. Um, but yeah, that was a good one, right? That was wonderful. Thank you so much for doing that for us. Um, I think we're going to have to move on some football stuff. We're now a couple of minutes oh, into the no. podcast. <laughs> the listeners are probably gagging with some football content. Um, we've got a new club to present to you. Should we do that now? Please. Now, we've all seen those adverts for Manscaped, the male grooming tool to get a close shave on your personal bits. But what about all those lads who still find themselves wanting after spending a king's ransom on one of their razors? Well, Laser Shave is here to help. For just £300.99 and 99 pence, you can have your very own heavy-duty laser pen which eradicates hair and follicles at a molecular level. With this easy-to-use tool, you'll not only be hairless, but will never grow hair on the affected area ever again. Once you get past the stench of burning scrotum hair, you'll find yourself feeling confident and carefree. I have even, even started using the device on my ear and nose hair, although the packaging does say this is extremely unadvisable. Laser shave. Tomorrow's male grooming, today. So, Jack, I guess we're getting to the stage of the FA Cup now where these teams are a little bit more familiar, aren't they? It's, a li- yeah. it's difficult kind of to um, find new angles that the listeners don't know about. Sure. Where are you going Do you not think? <laughs> well, yeah, I guess. Well, wait. I'm about to present a new club and I just kind of wanted to think about a different way of doing it. Okay. Um, previously, we've, we've presented so many non-league clubs that people basically have, well, I'm, I'm speaking for the listener here, but probably have no idea about. Yeah, I mean, we didn't have any, we just make shit up a lot of the time for those clubs. Exactly. And we can kind of go on a little bit and ramble. And I wanted to be a little bit, maybe not more concise, but creative. Okay. So what I've done is, Jack, is I've written a, a couple, well, some rhyming couplets verging on a poem. Okay. Would you be willing to listen to my uh, poem about our new football team? I would. I think most of our listeners are now turned off, but okay. let's, let's crack on anyway. Well, wait till you find out that our new football team is uh, Portsmouth FC. Fantastic. Yeah, were you, you excited thought, when thought, that came out? I thought you were going to do a rhyme then. You do I am about to go into one. Uh, I am excited. I, yeah, they're a former winner. Am I spoiling the rhyming couplet by saying No, that? no, no, go ahead. Go former ahead. winner. Um, and they've had some great players over the years and I've never been to that part of the country well now you are spoiling it I'm going to crack up okay I'll shut up no no don't worry Portsmouth FC Jack have a grand history an English football great formed in 1898 nicknamed Pompey uh, stars in gold and blue we saw them in the Prem with Nwankwo Kanu 2010 the year it all went wrong David James Cranchar and Glenn Johnson yeah. <laughs> they weren't pa- not pausing for laughs as well. <laughs> not for laughs. I've kind of I wanted to give you an opportunity to interject if you want. Oh, okay, sorry. If okay. you want to how about if you want to interject, just raise your hand. Okay. They weren't very good at managing the green. They were in the fourth tier by twenty sixteen. Mm. We remember the legends. Come on, you know Sheringham, Sherwood, Crouchy and Defoe, though, despite the badges, there's so much to show. That quote they always put out from Ronaldinho. Yeah. Do, 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 do you have the quote you're going to say? Fratung Park, the best in the world. On a UCL night, how the wind swirled around that stadium against AC Milan, Kaka and Inzaghi against Sylvan Distan. Nice. 
Can I, can I just say, I'm going to interrupt you again. No, go ahead, go ahead. Rondinier's not, not Russian. <laughs> I've been struggling with the accent while I've been rehearsing this poem, but yeah, I agree with that. Okay, fine. Crack on. In a minute you can do me your best Brazilian accent. Okay. <laughs> the passion is there, I think you remember. The hairs on your neck, Jack, when we went in November. Rising above the residential streets, the goals overhead and the cold plastic seats, we looked at a mural of Patrick Berger. At halftime, I had a delicious cheeseburger. Famous fans, I couldn't find any. But famous players, you'll find there are many, not just those of Premier League stock. At Portsmouth, you'll have to turn back the clock. Did you know that on this hallowed soil, an author once played here? Arthur Conan Doyle? Oh, elementary. But (laughs) But the future of this club is not such a mystery. For glory, look not to history, but what's to come and what's ahead. A fourth round tie, a team in white and red. There's no greater glory than to win this old cup. So play up, Pompey, play up. That was fantastic. That was really good, right? I know for a fact my mum's going to love that. Good, I'm pleased. Uh, That was really good. Well, it's a bit of a different take on the new club. There's no famous fans in Portsmouth. Well, there might be, but I I needed to get the Arthur Conan Doyle bit in there. Oh, right. Oh, man. Okay, well, let's make up a... I guess Arthur Conan Doyle was a fan. He's a famous fan. Is he not a fan? I I imagine he was a fan if he's playing. playing for them. I guess. Yeah, let's go for him. There's a weird bit of culture, I guess, in football. You have to be a fan if you're playing for them, aren't you? You can't can't say you support someone else while playing for a club. Yeah, so you just turn into... It's like Robbie Keane supported every club in England. And North Conan Doyle definitely played in goal in the the late 19th century. Yeah, that's weird. Good for him, I guess. You're a bit of a... bit of a Part of the reason I wrote that for you is because... Not just for you, for the listener as well, but you're a bit of a literary fiend. Yeah, I Um, studied studied it. (laughs) (laughs) Is that what you mean? I've read books. You Uh, have read a lot of books. Did did you like the poem? Yeah, I loved... I did love that poem. As someone who studied poetry, I think that was was fun. It was very um, John Cooper Clark. Is that what you were going for? Yeah, sure. Why not? Yeah. Yeah, that was good, man. I wanted to get as many Uh, players in there as possible. Do you feel like I've informed the listener a little bit about Portsmouth? Yeah, I want to return to... So the Ronaldinho quote... Let's talk a bit about that. So he said it was the best atmosphere he's ever played against. Right? Yeah, I think so. Which is kind of insane because he's played in the biggest it is insane. stages in the world. But that's Fratton Park for you. And would you say it lived up to that? Look, we walked away and we were seriously impressed, weren't we? It was, yeah, it was, I was buzzing. And also Jose, Jose Mourinho said something as well. I can't remember what it was. Something very similar to Ronaldinho and he's like, this place is fucking scary to come to. I, I thought it was brilliant. Maybe one of the best places we've been so far in this podcast. Yeah. Should we talk a little bit about the ground? Because... It was quite. A, it's quite a strange ground. It's in the middle. Of, so it's in Fratton Park, which is just a bit away from Portsmouth, and it's quite kind of industrial. There's like kind of lots of girders and steel, and it doesn't feel like they've even painted it for a few years. It feels, yeah. feels like all the money's on the pitch, which I liked. Absolutely, I think it definitely feels industrial on the inside. But as we approach the ground, as as I kind of mentioned in my poem, it's surrounded by these kind of low level housing. It's very much uh, seaside housing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I quite like that. It's really you're. When you're at the edge of the stadium, you're about four or five meters away from someone's house. Yeah, it feels yeah, like yeah. it's really a part of a community. Yeah, yeah. I really, I really thought it was cool, and yeah, the noise was insane. And it kind of uh, contrasts MK Don Stadium. I don't want to slag off MK Don because it's very easy. Get them, get them. They had, a, you know, they had a huge stadium, and it's pretty quiet. And it was pretty quiet. It's pretty yeah. state of the art that stadium, but it didn't have the soul. Didn't have the soul. Didn't have the Fratton Park. The spirit did it. The history. Uh, and they play that video at the start. Do you remember that? Yeah, they do that at Spurs. I think that's that sounds kind of corporate, but I'm actually all for playing a video before because they did it at Spurs. They play like a video, and it's uh, it's Trigger from Man Force Norse is doing a voiceover. <laughs> I can't remember, can't remember his name. He's a very good actor. I can't remember his name now. I think the one at Portsmouth, they kind of just got the balance right of being a little bit uh, kind of OTT, but also kind of. Got to be a bit, I think I'm all for it, man. Like, <coughs> if, you, if you play your nose up at that, you know you're, you're one of these kind of. You're a bit, you know, kind of Brexit, aren't you? Don't worry about it. You just enjoy the, just enjoy yeah. the newfangled stuff. It's a bit of a laugh, isn't it? And if don't, you know, just, why don't you just not watch it? You're quite right. You're quite right. I loved it. And do you know what? I also loved the game. Should we get onto that? Please. 
So I, at the beginning of this game, I was furious because there was no Will Grigg, who obviously I wanted to see because he's funny, and there was no Dane Scarlett, who no one will know who that is, but he's a Tottenham youth player. He supposedly is very good, and I wanted to see him, but none of those were even in the squad. Yeah, but who was in the squad? Anybody you can remember? Mo- Moisa? Moisa? Moisa, who's the guy we said last time is really good and yeah. probably too good for MK Dons. Um, and he might actually prove that in this game. Bro. And there's also uh, Bishop for Pont- Portsmouth, who's yeah. doing really well this season. Uh, and it, well, let's get into it really a little bit. So MK led pretty early on from Burns, this this uh, player, and he was absolutely rapid. He, he was kind of a bit shit from Pompey, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but he was very, very quick and put MK ahead. Pompey's noise does not stop, and I think that's worth noticing because as people have been to a lot of these games, often a goal does deflate. As it's kind of expected to do, but it didn't deflate Pompey at all. Um, well, I think there's one thing that's worth remembering: is uh, this game was on during the middle of the World Cup, so there's no other football league football on, right? There's, yeah, other, yeah, there's yeah. many other games on, so this was a bit of a unique opportunity for fans to go down and see their team, and it definitely felt like that last possible. Yeah, 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 yeah. And there were games, there were World Cup games like done on on the, on the, the, TV, the right? clubhouse, but yeah. everyone was like kind of in that moment. And you know, I feel like the World Cup, so yeah, nice for me. Uh, Pompey came back with Fairchild with a really good instinct, like kind of an instinctive goal, kind of turn and just hit it. Wasn't really looking where it was going, just kind of knew where the goal was. Um, and then a peno to Pompey, and that's why I remember being well. The peno goes in, and I just remember an absolute roar of noise, yeah, wall of sound. Um, we're banging on, on I'm banging on, on, on about how loud Pompey are, but um, I don't know, they have, deserve yeah, it. The it's the same. It's the best we've seen. I'm gonna say it's the best we've seen so far on this pod. The only people I'd say rival it be Hartlepool who were fucking nuts as well, but um, we didn't get a chance to go to Hartlepool, sadly, so that's just based on the away fans, but Pompey so far are my, are my best time, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I thought they were great, and to be honest, I thought the team began to match the noise that the, the, yep, the, the fans were giving them. Yeah, uh, they get another peno pretty soon after that, which they again convert. M- uh, MK look kind of dead in the water, but then Moisa, the, the player we've kind of pinpointed out as, uh, as uh, MK's golden child, scores a really good goal. Um, very similar to the goal he scored, actually, against Taunton. He seems like one to watch. I'm like, I'm looking forward to hopefully seeing him move at the league. So I think he's great. Yeah, and that that uh, brought the game to three two, didn't it? So three two, MK had the last kind of shot on goal, the last real good chance. Coco Conor Grant was delighted by Riri to save. Um, I think MK would be a bit frustrated with that. I think they played well. Um, <coughs> a really hard place to go. And yeah, three two is hard to, hard for what I imagine. If they would just call that last goal, bring it back to him, Milton Keynes, and I think they could have done it. But absolutely, well, Milton Keynes are now out of the cup, and Pompey advance. Yeah, but that's cool. We like I like Pompey. I'm happy to support Pompey. We'd love to go back to Portsmouth. I think it'd be, it'd be a yeah. Good Portsmouth has the most pubs per square mile. <coughs> that's my cold. Sorry, uh, that's because I've spent too many t- too much time in pubs. In the pub, yeah. Well, I never. I mean, we, we I went we went straight to Frassen and didn't see Pompey, but no, apparently, yeah. apparently it's just like pub central. And there's a big university, one of our you know, big university there, so I reckon people was on the piss. But yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, if we get an opportunity to go back there, uh, we can. Yes. Well, we'll find out in the next episode. Um, well, that was the game. Pompey up, Pompey up the pomp. What they up, up the pomp. Is that what they called up, yeah, up Pompey. Yeah, Pompey. <laughs> I forgot what their name was. Even <laughs> I said about it. And that's all we have time for on this week's Road to Wembley podcast. We'll be back shortly. Until then, stay tuned. <laughs>